Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. And turn with me to John chapter 3. You may have heard this scripture before. John chapter 3, we'll read two verses of scripture. John 3, 16 and 17. Thank you, Jesus. John 3, 16 and 17. I'll be reading from the King James Version. When you have it, say, I got it. If you need some more time, say, I need some more time. All right, it's on the screen. Amen. Amen. I've been waiting to use that one. All right, John 3, 16. Ready? Read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You may have your seats. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Spoiler alert, this is the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel that we have been called to preach and proclaim. That not just that he died on the cross for your sins to be your savior, because we live in a world that loves heroes. We live in a world that loves for people to be saved. We we, we live in a world that loves the, the heroic stories. You see them all the time on the news. Well, maybe not so much these days. But you see them on the news, and that's why the, the hero movies succeed and excel far beyond other movies that you see, because we are looking for someone to save us. But Jesus didn't come just to save us. He came to be our Lord and our King. Now, that might be foreign to some of us because we live in a democracy, and we get to vote, and we get to choose so we think, who we want to rule over us. But in the kingdom, you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. (laughs) You can choose to be in the kingdom, and then you choose for Jesus to be your Lord, or you choose not to be in the kingdom, and you choose for the Lord of this world to be your Lord. Jesus is our Lord. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he's not just your savior. He's not just there when you're in a tight, tight situation or you're having a bad dream and you say Jesus five times and he wake you up. He is your Lord. Somebody say that with me. Say, Jesus Jesus is our Lord. Lord. Now, the gospel, let me give you some definitions. I I don't plan to be long. I don't plan to be long, okay? I don't plan. I know what you're thinking. Stop it. All right. 
The gospel is defined as this. The gospel is an announcement of good news. An announcement of good news. In particular, the gospel is the announcement that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection have brought about salvation for Israel and the whole world. That's the gospel. That Jesus' life, death, and resurrection have brought about salvation for Israel and the world. So the real, the real message of, of Christmas is not about the presence that you get underneath your tree. I'm going to hit him. The, the message that, that we should be proclaiming is that we have a Savior who died on a tree for my sins and the sins of the whole world that I don't have to be paid what I'm owed. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, let's, let's go here. Let me slow down. Let's go here to uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and I'm not going to tell you where we're going yet, but, but Luke, Luke chapter 2. See, a lot of us have not had this realization yet because, you know, there's been times in my life where, you know, I may have done something or a ministry moment or whatever, and, and someone may have handed me a balled up, sweaty piece of money, okay? Just because it's sweaty and it's balled up does not diminish its value. There's been times in my life <laughs> where I've been gifted things. My father, he's, he's a, a prankster when he's like wrapping gifts. And, and you'll walk in and you'll see this ginormous box and you're like, man, like, I, I asked for something small. Like, why is this thing so big? And you walk up to it, and then you, you unwrap the big box. And then there's another box in that box, right? And you're like, okay, it's, it's still kind of big. Got it, you know, for what I wanted. And then you open up the second box that's in that box, and then there's another box. And now you're starting to think, like, okay, here we go. And there's like three more other boxes inside the other two that you didn't already open. And then there's the, there's the gift. The gift, the value of that gift was not determined by what it was packaged in. Because what a, what a lot of us do, and you probably are going to have a day either tonight or tomorrow morning where you're going to tell your kids, all right, now, y'all didn't play with y'all toys. Now get a garbage bag and go pick up all the wrapping paper. Go pick up all the boxes. Go pick up all the, you know, little twisty plastic things that hold all the little trinkets and stuff together and pick up all the trash because the gift is not what it's wrapped in. You have to understand that the value of a gift is not determined by the package. So Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, we're reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, many Bible scholars believe that when, when they're referencing the inn, they're not necessarily talking about like a hotel that they stayed at. They may say that, that uh, Mary and Joseph may have had some family in the area because that's where they were from. And so they may have stayed in the guest house or the, the guest portion of where their family may have been living. And because that was like the guest side, they also had some animals and stuff in there. That's why Jesus was placed in a manger. And so, and so Jesus, Jesus comes into the world. Now this is, we're talking about the savior of the universe, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who was sitting at the right hand of the father in the beginning. This is what the Bible says in John, go read it for yourself. In the beginning, the one who had all power, he was there in the beginning with, with God and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you can go read it for yourself. He was there in the beginning. He humbled himself to come through human form in the form of an infant baby who could do nothing for himself. He could not use his power and his authority and his anointing to cause himself not to boo-boo on himself and not to pee on himself and not to have this diaper change. He didn't come and say, listen, don't you know who I am? A, a, a one-day-old baby just speaking in tongues. And No, Jesus didn't do that. He came in the humblest of forms, in the humblest of ways, wrapped in swaddling cloths. Now, swaddling cloths were used in this day in particular time where the shepherds would wrap up the sheep and the lamb because the sheep and the lamb were prone to injury. And they would wrap them up because, don't you know you like a sheep? A lot of stuff you think you can do on your own, and then you get hurt, and then you... If this hurts, just let me know, and I'll stop. And a lot of us are like sheep, so, so we're wrapped, in, he's wrapped in swaddling cloths that they wrap the lamb and the sheep in, so, so the sheep and the lamb don't injure and harm themselves. And then he's placed in a manger, a feeding trough. So, so the lamb of God is wrapped in lamb cloth. He came in a humble way. He didn't come with, with angel wings and glory that, that was just, he was radiating with glory and he looked like a super saint. No, he, no, none of that stuff happened. Jesus came in a humble way. But that did not diminish his value. I told you, I already told you. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift Every time God does something, he did it, and he said it was good. So if it's good, it's got to be good for us. It's got to be good to us. So he sent us a good and perfect gift, the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Now, my father gave me a very, very nice gift, a gift that is actually appreciated in its value probably twice as much as what it's worth. And that's what our Heavenly Father has done when he gifted us the precious gift of Jesus. Jesus appreciates in value. I don't know what you've been looking for. I don't know what you've been trying to invest in. But I encourage you to invest some time, some energy, and some resources into honoring the gift of Jesus. Because he's the only gift 
that appreciates in value. The Bible says in, in John, John is one of the, he's one of the writers of the Gospels, and John likes to give a deep and personal account. And in John, John writes down the seven I am statements that Jesus begins to speak about. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. He says, I am the door. He says, I am the bread of life. I am. You can go read it for yourself. I'll get Jesus is whatever you need him to be. He is. He used to sing a song. He's whatever you need him to be. You're the I am, you are. That, that's Bible. Because that's what Jesus is saying. He says, who do men say that? He said, I am. I am. And you may look at that like, man, Jesus was being real arrogant. No, he was telling you. Do you need peace? I am. Do, do you need joy? I am. Do you need, do you need healing? I, I am. Do you need deliverance? I am. I am that I am. God gave us a precious gift that appreciates in its value. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. So the blood that he shed way back on Calvary, the value of it, is, is just as valuable, if not even more valuable now. Because as the days grow more wicked and more perverse, don't you know that you're going to need the blood of Jesus? Jesus was not born into the earth and, and began to live in a palace and have all the greatest and latest Jordans. Jesus didn't have that. He didn't have that. He, he, had, he had the disciple 12s on. That's what he had on. <laughs> he didn't have the latest clothes. He wasn't dripped out in the latest Armani and Hugo suits. He had on the disciples' cloths. The, he had on apostolic clothing and Linen. He didn't. He didn't have on the stuff that that brother Mike Mays got on right now. He, he didn't have. He didn't have the best of the best. Jesus. Jesus came in a humble way. Yet these things do not in any way diminish who Jesus is. These things do not in any way diminish who Jesus is. Just as if you wrapped your child's whatever, whatever greatest gift that they wanted, if you wrapped it in newspaper, I guarantee you they would look at it funny, but as soon as they began to rip open and they saw a glimpse, you know how kids do, they'd be pouting because it looked ugly. We're pouting because it looks, it doesn't look like what you want it to look like. That'll preach all, the, all by itself. And so they begin to peel it, and they pouting, and you like, keep going, keep going. And y'all filming and recording, because this is funny to you, because you know what it is that you got them. And, and, and then they rip another big piece, and then their eyes, and you see it happen. And you see the joy, and you see the excitement that hits them. This is what God did for us. The moment that you begin to get a deeper revelation and understanding of who Jesus is, you'll begin to appreciate the gift that he is. I'm almost done. James, I mean, I'm sorry, 
I'm sorry. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 11. I said it already, but the Bible says this. If ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? You know, there was times in my life where I didn't deserve any gifts. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> and there were times where I like I like I just knew like yeah, this this Christmas I I know I ain't getting nothing. Right? And then there were other times where it may not have been Christmas where my parents would still bless me with something even though I was undeserving of it. Can anybody be honest in the room? Has there ever been a time where you, you know, you know you didn't even deserve the blessing that he gave you? You lied on your application because that's what your cousin told you to do. And you got the job anyway, and they still haven't asked you about the stuff that you lied about. And God is blessing you and he's allowing you to excel and, and to excel and succeed in the position that you're in. It's because you didn't deserve it, but he still blessed you. Because we serve a good, good father. The Bible says this, I'll, I'll go deep here, that in Romans chapter 5 it says, but God demonstrates his love in, in this. That while we were yet sinners, while we were yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still acting a fool, he already paved the way for your salvation. While we were yet sinners, some of y'all was still in church and you were still sinning. Just rebellious. And you went to places that you knew you had no business going. Like we talked about the other week, God gave us the precious gift of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does what? Brings to remembrance the things in which we were taught. And so when you find yourselves in those certain situations, the Holy Spirit is nudging you like, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. But all your friends, you know, they didn't hype you up. You know, because you got it, you know, you think you got it going on and you go. And then even while you're there, the Holy Spirit's like, leave, 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 leave. Some of you obeyed and some of you were disobedient. But, but even though you were in rebellion, he still warned you. Even, even when you were acting out, he still warned you. Even when he knew after you prayed 1,700 times that you wouldn't do it again, and he knew you would do it again, he still made a way for you. Christ died. Christ died while we were yet sinners. God made a way for us to not have to pay what we owe. Yeah. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that for the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. Wages are something that you are paid for work that you have done. Wages are what you are owed for work that you've done. We are workers of sin. We have a sinful nature. We, 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 some of us just, we just, our default is sin. That's why Bishop is going to be teaching on prayer and fasting. <laughs> so our default can switch. Some of, some of y'all default is to cuss folks out. Come on now. The wages of sin is death. We were owed death. But the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ, our what? Lord. Our Lord. Our ruler. He was slain. Revelations 13, 8. It says he was slain from the foundation of the world. Can you imagine knowing that you're going to have to die for people that don't even know you yet? Can you imagine pleading guilty for something that you didn't do? I know some of y'all are like, oh my God, that's so deep. Well, some of y'all got whoopings because grandmama asked who did it and nobody said nothing. So, so you know a little bit about You know a little bit about that. So just go ahead and think back to 1977 when grandma said, who did it? And you and all your cousins, y'all sat there and y'all just, one of them cried. The one that was guilty just started crying. But you was a good cousin and you stayed loyal, you stayed ten toes down. You didn't snitch. But all five of y'all got a whooping. <laughs> all five of y'all got whooped. But can you imagine? The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin. Think about those moments where you felt guilt, shame, disappointment, and conviction for a sin that you committed. Think about how dirty you felt. Think about how how bad you felt. Think about how convicted you felt when you committed that sin. Now think about that times eight billion. Jesus took on the sins of eight billion people. Wasn't eight billion at the time, but he knows everything. He knew there'd be a day like this where there'd be 8 billion people in the world. He became sin. He became something he had never experienced. He became something he had never got into. He became something that he never did so that we could have eternal life. So that we could experience eternal life. This is why you need to honor the gift of Jesus. The real gift is not the presence under your tree. The real gift is not that new car that your husband or your wife may have bought you. The real gift is Jesus. 
I'm so glad that God allowed his son to come from heaven to earth, as the song says, to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt you pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I will lift your name on high because I honor the gift that you are because you took what I deserve. You paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice as you gave your own life. Can you imagine, you parents, can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine having to sacrifice your only child to save somebody else's life? Listen, my child ain't here yet. I can't imagine it. I'm going to just be real with you. You can take me, but don't take my child. Jesus sacrificed himself. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus did not come to the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. You need to understand that we have a gift in Jesus. We have a gift in Jesus. Now, how do we honor? How do we, how do we honor the gift? That is the title of my message. How do, we, how do we honor the gift? Now, the word honor, the word honor means this. The word honor derives from the, the root word kabod, which means to give weight to something or someone, to add weight to it. Something is honored or honorable when they have weight. Come on. <laughs> When, when, when you add weight to something, see, some of us, we, you can tell jury by its weight. Yeah, that's cubic. Yeah, that's a cubic right there. This is, that's a cubic. Now, this, this is a diamond. Because there is a weight difference. You can tell by precious metals the weight. Aluminum, we, we use a lot of aluminum today because it's, it saves money. It's more efficient. It's cheaper. It's, let's just be real. It's cheaper. The lighter the weight, the less it costs. I believe Bishop preached a message, uh, uh, weightier matters or something like that. Uh, weighty. It, we have to add weight to God's name, to, to Jesus' name. We have to honor him by adding weight to his name. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Watch what you say about Jesus in front of me. Because I honor his name. I, I, I honor you. Your children should add weight to your name. Calling you by your name. Come here, Susan. What? I don't think I ever called my parents by their first name. Right? Even, even like if I'm frustrated or something with them, I'll say pastor. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Pastor Deborah. Okay, Bishop. <laughs> I, but I still add weight. I put a, what the old folks say, I put a handle on that name. When you add a handle to something, you add a little more weight to it. Am I talking to anybody in here? This, this, the seasoned saints should be shouting on their feet right now. You should have people add weight to your name. Someone that you've been living longer than for more than 30, 40 years shouldn't just be calling you by your first name because you, you've experienced some stuff. You've been through some th stuff. You've seen too much for someone to just call you out of your name and they don't honor and respect you because you don't know what I've been through. I know more, but I know 
four times what you know, you may have a master's degree. I still know more than you because I've been living for a very long time. And young people, this is not a part of my message, but, we, but, but if we're going to talk about honor, we got to honor the gifts in our lives, and you got to honor the people that have lived way longer than you, even if they're not telling you the method or the, the, uh, the, the strategy or they're not using the proper terms and terminology. Listen, what they're saying has weight because they've experienced a lot in their lives. Amen? Now back to my message, the honor, honor, somebody say honor. Honor. So to honor someone is to give weight or grant a person a position of respect and authority in your life. Yes, sir. I knew it was going to get quiet right there. When you honor someone, you grant a position of respect and authority in their lives, in your life. If we're going to honor Jesus, we can't just honor him just, well, I came, I went to church on Sunday. I know it's Christmas. I could have been at home in my PJs, my matching PJs with my family. I came to church. No, 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 no. You have to honor him, not just with your actions. You honor him with your life. And how do you, how do you really, how do we really, really honor someone? How do we really, really honor someone? With obedience. The Bible says this, it says, while I, well, definition, then Bible. While honor is an internal attitude of respect, courtesy, and reverence, it should be accompanied by the appropriate attention and obedience. You, you, don't, you don't honor someone if you don't do what they say. You, you don't honor someone if you're disobedient to them. You know, one of the worst things for you and I to do is for us to say we honor someone, but every time we call them, we don't listen to nothing they say. Well, listen, you know, I know you're calling me about this, and, you know, I, I just, I would wait. I wouldn't do that. I would pray about it. I, you should pray and fast for, for you know, an extended period. Of, this is a weighty. This is a weighty thing. You should pray and fast about it. Well, Bishop, I don't. You know, I okay. I don't know. Seven days later, you didn't made a decision. We're like, whoa! I thought, <laughs> I thought you were gonna. And then we make patterns. We make failure cycles out of honoring people, and we wonder why we don't have any healthy relationships. Because if you love me. When I give you some wisdom and sound advice, listen to some of it, please. At least pretend like you honor me. <laughs> if you, even if you don't really honor me, pretend. And then you wonder why I don't want to be fooled with you when, you when I see your name call up, pull up on a caller ID. I, I, can't, I can't right now because, because you're draining me. I don't even, I don't have the capacity to, to give you any more from the well and wealth of knowledge and wisdom that I have because you ain't listened to the last 75 things I. One of the worst ways to lose respect from your, your brothers and sisters and those who you profess to honor is to not listen to what they say. 
The way we showcase that we honor Jesus is by keeping his commandments, by doing what he says. Watch this. Honor without obedience is incomplete. Honor without obedience is incomplete. In Isaiah 29, 13, it says it's lip service. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, man. And some of y'all, yeah. oh, some of us, I'll say it like that so y'all don't lead a church. Some of us, we, we, we mean well, and we, we're like, oh, yeah, 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 man. And it's like, man, you, okay, yeah, man, I really, I think they got it. And then, you know, you circle back, and it's like, hey, how did it, oh, man, well, you know. Oh, well, you know, you know how it is. Okay, okay, that's one time, all right. Life happens, all right, third time. Hey, man, how'd it go? Oh, man, <laughs> man, you know. It's lip service. And, and people can only deal with so much lip service. God the Father, for example, is honored when people do the things that please him. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother so your days may be long in the earth. How do you honor them? By doing what they tell you to do. You don't live long by being a dishonorable person. You don't have meaningful relationships and connections and, and network with proper people when you're a dishonorable person. People don't want to do things for you and it's difficult for God to provide favor through man because you're dishonor. The way God grants us favor is by the vessel of man. And you mess up your opportunities for favor because you live dishonorable. You, you, make it di oh. you make it difficult for young people to even listen to you because you live dishonorably. Young people, you make it difficult for your parents to honor and respect you because of the way you live. We got to honor the gift. Another form of honor, this is not in my notes, but another form of honor is with your treasure. Now, if you knew your parents was gazillionaires and they ain't get you nothing for Christmas, <laughs> like, dude, man, come on. Like, I've been a good kid. I got straight A's. They don't honor. You're not, you're not being honored. If you say you love someone and you've never gotten them a gift or you've never honored them in some way, shape, form, or fashion with your treasure, do you really love them? Man, we in a relationship... I always pick up the bill. Oh, it's, hit, it's hitting you. It's hitting you. Here's, here's one thing me and my wife, we learned from my parents. My parents, with their friends, I mean, sometimes they literally, like, fight for, like, who's going to pay for dinner. And, like, I just crack up. Like, you'll see if I see my dad, he'll come in. Like, as soon as we step foot, hey, y'all make sure y'all give me the bill. 
he talking to the hostess. He's like, okay, okay, sir, I'll, I'll find out whoever your server is. <laughs> y'all make sure y'all get me. Then I'll see their friends. They'll be trying to sneak, and they're like, okay. And my dad had already talked to him, and then they mad. Oh, man, Bishop, man, you didn't. Come on, man. I learned how to honor the people in my life. We try to do that with our friends. Man, you got it last time. I mean, I got it. I come in if you try to pay again. Listen. Now, listen now. You didn't pay the last two times. Come on now. That's how you showcase you honor someone. Where your treasure is, where is it? Your heart. When you honor and you love someone, you treasure them in your heart. When you, uh, fellas, husbands, fiancés, when you decided to get your wife or your fiancé that ring, you spent a lot of money because she did something to your heart. <laughs> you spent a lot of money. That's <laughs> how so my, my friends in Milwaukee, they spent a lot of money. Outside of a car and a house, that's the, that's the most expensive thing I didn't ever bought. That ring on that finger. Because I treasure her with my heart. You shower people that you love with gifts because you're showing them that I love you and I honor you. Where does that come from? Your heart. Everyone stand to your feet. You honor Jesus with your treasure and with your obedience. You honor a gift with your treasure, with your obedience, and watch this, with how you handle it. The more I grow old, the more I think about my childhood and I think about, you know, my dad taught me to take care of stuff. I got shoes that's 15 years old and they still look brand new because he taught me how to take care of stuff. And then I had friends that used to, you know, that I used to know. <laughs> We're on the internet now, so you gotta be careful. And, uh, you know, they get a new pair of shoes a week later. It's like, dude, what happened? And I went to football practice in these. Brother, your brand new all-white pair of Jordan, you played football in these? Honor is knowing there are certain things for certain occasions. I'm not going to wear a Rolex to the basketball court. You're not going to wear a suit to the Tough Mudder race. Because you honor that suit. That suit is too valuable to put it through the conditions that you're going to put it through. The gift of Jesus is too valuable and too precious for us to be disobedient, for us not to honor him with our treasure. 
and for us not to value his presence. Bow your heads, I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, Christ the righteous, as we used to pray, who is the atonement for our sins. And because of Christ, the guilt, shame, and disappointment of sin will not take away our confidence in approaching you. We are grateful that because of the gift of Jesus, there is a debt that has been wiped away. Father, we are owed death. We're owed death because of our sinful nature, because of our proclivities, because of the things that we want, because of our appetites, because of the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, because we want to keep up with everybody else, God. But you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. You sent him for our salvation. You raised him up for our deliverance. And he died and rose again to assume the same power that he once had so he could be our Lord. He defeated death, hell, and the grave on our behalf. And all you're asking for us to do is honor you. All you're asking for us to do is honor the precious Lamb of God. The one who was slain at the foundation of the world. The one who came. in the most humblest of forms, wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in a manger. I say he may have even been surrounded by some livestock. So God, we don't, we don't take for granted your gift. We don't disregard your gift. Father, we set aside time to honor the gift. So in the same way that we started service with our worship and our praise, God, let this, let this be a part of our everyday lives. 
we should need a praise and worship leader to praise our gift. We should need to come into the house of God to sing praises to our King, to our Savior, to our Lord. We should need the right atmosphere and the right music and, and the right lights to honor the gift. Help us to live out this gospel with our obedience to you. For you said, those who love me keep my commandments. Those who love me do, do what I've asked for them to do. Your word says for us to be holy. Father, we'll do anything to honor your gift. The precious gift of Jesus. We'll even honor and reverence that because you've given us such a gift, we will live our lives in such a way that men may see our good works and want to glorify our Father in heaven. We'll live in such a way, like the word says, be holy for I am holy. We'll live like the called out ones. We'll live like the set apart ones. We'll live like we believe what the scripture says about us. Because you didn't have to do it, but you did. Help us to honor the gift. It is in your name, Jesus, that we pray. The mighty and matchless name of Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus. The healing name of Jesus. The mighty name of Jesus. The delivering name of Jesus. The saving name of Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.